Life is hard. Life with chronic, critical, and complex health concerns is even harder. We all know someone who is struggling with health issues or disability. It might even be you. And in the pain and suffering, we wonder if it's possible to move from surviving to thriving. We struggle to hope, struggle to persevere, struggle to trust that God knows what he's doing. But in the struggle, there is real hope, and it's possible to be rooted and ready to weather the storm. Welcome to the Bluestem Project Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Hello, and welcome to the Bluestem Project Podcast. We are husband and wife team Brandon and Amy Smith. The Bluestem Project exists to equip and encourage you in the suffering, hardships, and trials of life that come with health issues and disability. We do this by helping root you in Christ and by giving you the tools you need to be ready for life's greatest obstacles. In this episode, we are going to talk about finding meaning and purpose in medical hardship by looking outside of ourselves, outside of our control, to God and His transcendent plans for us and the universe. Last episode, we discussed meaning and purpose with a little m and little p, or the things that we can control and do. Today, we are discussing meaning and purpose with a big M and a big P, which comes from God's sovereign control and order over the world he's created. Gregory Beale said it this way, Our suffering is often the deep soul groaning for the purposes of God in and through us. I appreciate that quote. <laughs> a That's lot. Good. That's good. So Amy mentioned it briefly, but in the last episode, uh, we talked about the fact that we're wired for meaning and purpose from creation. Uh, and that there are some things that are in our control. Like we can embrace, to use the phrase, uh, making lemonade from lemons. Mm -hmm. uh, when you get the diagnosis, when the pain hits, you can choose to do some stuff. And we gave some uh, action steps uh, for that. But today we're going to talk about meaning and purpose, uh, as she said, from God's perspective and in a transcendent way, things that are beyond our control. And often what really hits us when, uh, some, when we or someone we know um, experiences disability or health issues is there's this reality that there are just some things that you have no control over. Mm -hmm. That's one of the most painful parts, honestly, mm -hmm. at times, is I used to control things or be able to do these things, and now I'm out of control. And we start to ask the question, well, if I'm not in control, who is, right. what is, um, and is there any comfort if you think spiritually like that all of this is somehow in God's control. So let's start with this, that in general, we're not in control like we think we are. <laughs> and as a self-proclaimed control freak, that's a, a hard thing to swallow. But in reality, there's so much that we don't have control over, that God simply chooses for us. I think about the time in history that we're born in, the parents we're born to, the the color of our skin, the socioeconomic status of our family. There's just a lot of things that we don't have control over. It just is. Yep. It's Body type. Mm -hmm. oh, natural Nat gifts and yep. talents. Mm -hmm. Natural talents. Mm -hmm. How we steward things is one thing, yep. but but or how we handle them and whatnot. But those are things that God picks, God chooses. Yeah. One of the things I, you know, with our son Beckett, I noticed— you know, there's a ton that, right, he didn't have, he doesn't have control of. And you can look at him and go, okay, he, he's in a wheelchair, so there's a lot that he can't do. Mm -hmm. But it, made, it has made me think, and even the list you were just sharing, looking at that list, it has helped me to see, wow, there is, uh, we live under an illusion of control. I think, <laughs> like, there's so much that we take credit for mm -hmm. that really was out of our 
control. Mm -hmm. It is weird to think about. I think maybe the first one you mentioned was like the time in which we were born. Mm -hmm. It is kind of weird to think of like, okay, I was born in 1984. Right. Why that year of all possible years? Exactly. You know, I could have been born in in a sense like a different, you know, 2,000 years ago in some other part of the world. Mm -hmm. But God chose now. But God chose now. Mm -hmm. And I think along with the reality that we're not as in control as we think we are, it also comes this reality that we are not as important Mm -hmm. as we think we are. Puts us in our place. And we have a tendency as human beings to exalt ourselves and our importance. We we like to play God, Mm -hmm. and we think that we can nourish God or that God somehow needs us for his uh, existence. But the reality Mm -hmm. is like, God is self-existent. He has no needs beyond himself. He enjoys us. Uh, we can bring him joy. Mm-hmm. But before the world was created, before humanity was created, God was not lonely and needing something to give him a sense of fulfillment. The Trinity has always existed for all of eternity past in perfect harmony and unity. Love was passed between them. Uh, God didn't create out of a need and we can't, in all reality, find a sense of meaning or identity in giving God a reason for his existence. Mm-hmm. We can glorify him and bring him joy in our doing so. We can magnify him. In other words, his, mm. his glory or his greatness is what it is. Right. But we can make that known or shown you know, through our life or through our circumstances and through our trials. Mm-hmm. This sets Christianity apart from just about all the, all other religions, is that in other religions, you are given a sense of importance in giving a deity that is less than the Christian trinity help, mm-hmm. and, and, and you serve his—he has needs, and you serve them. Mm-hmm. It's different with the Christian God. Right. We, again, we bring him glory, but he doesn't have needs. So let's hit on this. Uh, God's transcendent plan and then his plans for medical hardship— I love this. Uh, the Westminster Catechism says this, that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. It feels almost impossible when you think about medical hardship and what does that, what does that mean? How can, this, how can this glorify God in the hardship? Yeah, I, but it really, you know, this statement sets apart the larger picture of why am I here? Mm-hmm. Why is my whole being in existence in place? Right. It's to glorify God. It's to make much of him, to make him known. And along with that, you think of one of the best ways we glorify God is by enjoying him mm-hmm. rightly mm-hmm. and enjoying him above created things. Mm-hmm. If you enjoy a created thing more than the creator, that's, that's idolatry. And it's also not going to satisfy your, your heart or your soul. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's get practical a little bit, cute wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the few ways that you've seen God use medical hardship? I, the analogy that always comes almost instantly to mind when I think of hardship as it relates to the Lord and his big picture that we don't fully get to see, but there are glimpses that we can can see is the analogy that I've heard years ago. I couldn't even tell you who I heard it from or when exactly, but the, the goldsmith analogy of how a goldsmith, when he has gold and is purifying it, he has to heat it up to such a high temperature, and mm-hmm. then the the impurities within it 
surface to the top and then he skims them off. And hardship is painful. And it, for lack of a better word, it's hard. It hurts. And, you know, just like that, take that analogy to our life. And it's like the temperature is rising in our life. But oftentimes in the hardship, and medical hardship is no different, it surfaces those impurities within us. And how we handle them is one thing, but it certainly can bring it to our attention. And I know for myself, one example that comes to mind often is, I mean, we're talking about control. I like control and I like to think that I can meet the needs almost perfectly of our children as a stay-at-home mom and I can do it all and take care of it all and be there, be there all almost. And so with Beckett's life specifically, it has magnified that that longing for me and within me to be there all and to be everything to them, to meet their every need. And it really blows that up and surfaces that impurity me when I realize, no, I'm a stay-at-home mom, but I need nursing help, need help yeah. on the daily. And it really opens my eyes to see how really limited I am. I'm a finite person that can't meet all of Beckett's needs every single day, day in and day out, that I do need the help. And it points me to the bigger picture then of God is infinite, you know, but I am finite and I have limits. I remember reading a book too called Free of Me. And that even just helped me, that contrast of like my my character compared to God's character and who I am and who I'm not compared to his grand character. And it's it's a humbling thing to be put in our place to see that I really am not like I can't be everything to everyone or even my children as a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And it, like in the previous episode, we talked about making lemonade out of lemons. Well, there are the honest reality, and this is what you're getting at, cute wife. Mm-hmm. Like there are things in our character, in our personality, that we don't see or know are really there. Mm-hmm. So how would we ever work on them? Right. Or how would we ever get better? Like they're, they're blind spots. Yeah, God mm-hmm. has to surface them and sh- and bring them up because He mm-hmm. knows they're there. Mm-hmm. And in His love and in His wisdom, He does this for His children. He will, at the right time, bring these things up. And, and usually, mm-hmm. he, he you know does it pretty incrementally in our lives. Mm-hmm. If He it's gracious of Him to do so. <laughs> yeah, if He showed us all of our sinfulness all at, at one moment at time, we'd be toast. Crushed. We couldn't. We, we couldn't handle it. Right. And so he's pretty gracious generally doing that over time. Mm -hmm. And I I think even as a Christian, someone, you know, with a relationship with the Lord, walking through specifically medical hardships, they can help us deepen our walk with him and grow our character like him. But at the same time, medical hardship can help others who maybe don't have a relationship with the Lord see and start to see and understand a God and want to know him and grow our need for him. And I just mentioned needing nurses in our home, and that's a really, it's a beautiful thing, and it's a hard thing for Mm -hmm. us all in one. But one example of how the Lord uses that for his glory and for drawing people to himself is even one specific nurse that we can think of named Jenna, who she came into our home to care for our son and... Over time, she started saying and explaining to us how seeing how we walk through this hard reality, and then as she was walking through some very hard things in her own life, 
she directly realized whatever Brandon and Amy have going for them, I need that. I want that because they're able to sustain something's different about them and they're mm-hmm. sustaining this hardship differently than I can on my in my heart. And over time, she ended up realizing through conversations with us and um, of various other sources too, but realized, no, I I need this relationship with Christ like they have because that's the difference and that's what's going to change my life and my ability to, to endure hardship. And that's, again, that's like a beautiful thing that we get to see, but not always do we get to see the big picture of why God is doing and allowing hard things. Yeah, I mean, we, we couldn't have imagined we find out our son's never going to walk, he's never going to talk, he's never going to eat from his mouth. Mm-hmm. That God would use the circumstance in His life to bring mm-hmm. Jenna to repentance and faith, right, and a changed life, and her eternity is on a right. totally different trajectory. Completely different, and even how she's walking and enjoying life now has changed drastically because of that. I I remember though, babe, from the beginning of Beckett's life, even though knowing that he would likely never talk in a way that is audible with words constructively. I would pray that his life would draw people to Christ because that's that's what we wanted for his life uniquely. And so it is a very sweet thing for us to, on this side of eternity, to see even how Beckett's life really is impacting people. Yeah, one of the other things that I'm thinking about that God does through our suffering or, or hardship in the in the medical arena is it becomes an opportunity to demonstrate his worthiness to the world. Mm that he's trustworthy even when bad things happen. And, you know, as Americans, honestly, we're some of the most, I think when suffering comes, and other people have done studies on this, we're pretty fragile people. Yeah. And we're fragile compared to our ancestors Mm -hmm. or many other places in the world because our meaning and purpose for existence is personal happiness, Mm. largely. Mm -hmm. And so when suffering comes, that takes away your happiness. Not only do you lose your happiness, we're all bummed about that. But if your meaning and purpose for existence is personal happiness, you don't just lose happiness. You lose right. your meaning and your purpose. And so it's extra painful. And so when people do see Christians walk with God through their suffering and, and the hardships that they are experiencing, that does demonstrate like, wow, he is, some, he is something or he's something to them. Maybe mm. I'll investigate Why? a little bit further to find out if... He's, you know, if this is accurate to the larger picture of reality. Right. I, I love when I stumbled upon this quote from Johnny Erickson Tata. I think she really communicates it very clearly. And she says, people with disabilities are God's best visual aids to demonstrate who he really is. His power shows us, shows up best in weakness and who by the world's standards is weaker than the mentally or physically disabled. As the world watches, these people persevere. They live, love, trust, and obey him. Eventually, the world is forced to say how great their God must be to inspire this kind of loyalty. It's profound. Yeah. It's, their lives are a megaphone in mm-hmm. a unique way. Yeah. And I think of how God will, you know, he has this larger plan, perhaps, to put you through sovereignly something that is hard and painful because he wants to then use you to minister to other people. Like I, I think of 1 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4, where it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, 
who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, we've seen that happen on our journey where we had, we've had, we had some friends who have been through having their baby in the NICU and, and mm-hmm. real close to death. Mm-hmm. And they were able to enter in and comfort us in a way that was unique. Mm-hmm. Not that no one else could, mm-hmm. but it was a unique and, and deep. It was a deeper comfort. relational. Like they they understand this hard more uniquely than than others. But on the flip side, it's allowed us to also be that for others. You know, I think of Romans actually, where it even says like, "Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn." When you on some level, when you've tasted some of the similar hardships, you can enter into that comfort, that similar rejoice with them or mourn with them the same. So let's get let's get practical here. How can we how can we look for meaning and purpose outside ourselves to God? And I think let's let's phrase it this way: that it's the work of understanding, acknowledging, and embracing God's greater plans. Mm-hmm. I'll even say that again. Mm-hmm. Like the work of understanding, acknowledging, and embracing God's greater plans. And the first place we'd point you to, this shouldn't surprise you, but is the Bible. Hmm. And there are a, a lot of places you could look or start. Mm-hmm. I would recommend even a, a story. Go to Genesis 37, read through chapter 50, the story of Joseph, where he's sold into slavery by his own brothers, ends up being falsely accused, spends time in prison, Miraculously, God raises him up to be the second in control of Egypt and gives him wisdom to foretell that there's going to be a famine and to do something about it. And so they they save a whole bunch of grain. And eventually Joseph's brothers uh, come to buy grain from him to be sustained. They don't know it's him. Hmm. Eventually he reveals himself to them. But then after their father passes away, his brothers are afraid that he's going to seek vengeance on them for selling him into slavery and all that he had to endure. And Joseph ended up saying, you meant it for evil, but mm-hmm. God meant it for good, the saving of many lives. <laughs> and so you read the whole story, it'll be a lot more impactful than just me giving you the Cliff Notes version <laughs> here. But I, I think another, if I were to give you just a, a one chapter to read, try reading Psalm 139. That'd be another good one. Yeah. Another resource, though, that we have found greatly helpful is a book titled Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. Significantly impactful, we would say. But then also, we can't not really express a desire for you to be praying over everything going on and seeking the Lord as you walk through hardship. And also seeking wise counsel. But, you know, that means look to someone that is maybe a more mature Christian that can help you point you to the word and process things with you and point you to the Lord ultimately as you walk through really hard, hard things. Yeah. Here, here's the last thing I'd mention. To, honest, to ask the honest question of where am I at? And here's what I mean. Uh, we are all God's creation, but we don't come into this world as his children. So a lot of what we've said in this episode and in previous episodes can't as di- can't directly apply to you yet because you're on the outside mm-hmm. looking in. Mm-hmm. And the reason we're, we come into this world and we're not his children is, is our own sinfulness has separated us from him. Let me read you this um, definition of sin from the New City Catechism. 
says sin is rejecting or ignoring God in the world he created, rebelling against him by living without reference to him, not being or doing what he requires in his law, resulting in our death and the disintegration of all creation. I think that's a pretty broad mm-hmm. and applicable to every single human being mm-hmm. in terms of its scope and its definition and its indictment. And the reality is we need to see that we have wronged a holy God. Right. We've, we've sinned against him, and there needs to be a sense of sorrow. Mm-hmm. Just like in any human relationship, you wrong them. If you're going to have reconciliation, there needs to be a sense of sorrow, there needs to be a repentance, and then there needs to be trust in each other mm-hmm. for that relationship to be renewed. And for me, I was about 21 years old, and I ended up kneeling down um, and in a flood of tears saying to God, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And I was just expressing that I had, you know, to to use the New City Catechism uh, definition, like rejecting and ignoring God in the world he created. So I said, I'm sorry, because I'd rebelled against him. I said, I give up. I, w- I was like, you know what? I've lived my life my own way, apart from you, and I give up doing that. And then I said, come into my life. That was a simple mm-hmm. a simple prayer. I gave you a little bit of an explanation with it. That was my simple prayer. So we would invite you to yeah. do business with God, talk to him, express where you're really at, and acknowledge your sinfulness before him and your need for him as mm-hmm. Savior repentance, and faith. Hmm. We really want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Blue Stem Project. It has been a pleasure having you. And again, we want to remind you that the Blue Stem Project exists to equip and encourage you in the suffering, hardships, and trials of life that come with health issues and disability. We do this by helping root you in Christ and by giving you the tools you need to be ready for life's greatest obstacles. And it would be an honor to take this journey with you. Please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend or family member experiencing health issues and medical disability about the Bluestem Project. Mm-hmm.